0: Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of the one and only and not so lonely Crush It with Creativity podcast with your host, Joy Coach. What is that it that we crush in this podcast? Well, anything that poses itself as an obstacle on your path to step into your field of favor gets crushed in this crush it with creativity podcast so brace yourselves for an exciting episode and keep crushing it with your creativity this is joy coach
1: My friend, this is Joey Kosh, and I welcome you to episode four of the Crush It With Creativity podcast, and the title of this episode is To Innovate or Invent, That is the Question. Common belief tends to subscribe to the fact that innovation and invention are simply semantics, two words for the same thing, and the words can be used interchangeably. When asked to weigh in on this subject, others say they feel it in their gut that innovation and invention are two different things. Shh, they are right, <laughs> but are not able to quite articulate why they are different. So in this episode, I will share my thoughts in this subject based on what I have come to believe based on the 30 years of my experience as a business and technology innovation consultant. A clear definition is essential and almost critical to understand if you are about to leverage your unique impactability and embark on your journey to step into your field of favor, to make an impact on your target market with your creative ideas and generate profits for yourself. Oops, I might have just given you a hint about our topic of discussion. Did you catch it already? (laughs) All right, let's get into it. I was working with one of my clients in the implant medical device space a few years ago. They manufactured some pretty sophisticated electronically operated insulin pumps that patients would buy directly from them or through their distributors. And those are pretty cool devices. You know, they would monitor the blood sugar levels in a patient and when the sugar levels dropped below a certain threshold, the pump would get activated and insulin stored in a small refillable chamber would automatically be pushed into the bloodstream, restoring the blood sugar levels to normalcy, almost like an artificial pancreas. So a diabetic patient could receive their insulin through a standard injection from a syringe, and each time it would be a penetration on the skin causing pain and discomfort. And moreover, the patient would either self-inject, ouch, I could not do that myself, or be dependent on someone qualified to inject the insulin each time they needed. Moreover, The patient would need to ensure a sterile environment before they could receive that injection. And those facilities are not available in demand, as you know, and that would restrict the patient to always stay close to a facility or a provider who could deliver that medication. Inconvenience like crazy, right? Aha! We are discussing presenting problems, which is the what for our diabetic patient, the who, and we want to alleviate their pain from each injection into a one-time discomfort, which defines the why we should even think about solving that problem. Now let's get deeper into that why and make it a little more compelling Obviously, if we could solve the problem of multiple penetrations on the skin into a one-time penetration, and thereby making it more convenient for the patient to receive the proper treatment, and that to on demand, well, that would definitely make a positive impact on the patient's life. Would you agree? Now, what if we could find a solution where the patient no longer had to be dependent on a medical facility or a provider to deliver that insulin. They could be free to go anywhere as long as they had access to insulin, which they could carry with themselves. So as long as, from a solution perspective, as long as we could find a delivery mechanism of insulin directly into the patient's bloodstream in specific amounts, safely, in a hygienically sterile manner, with no pain, anywhere, and that too on demand, depending on the current blood sugar level, that would be a massive impact on the life of the patient. Would you agree? So, we should jump in and solve the problem with something better than a syringe, right? Sure, you could do that. I know you're creative, you know the what, and you are heart-centered with your who. You're purpose-driven and impact-motivated with your why, so I'm sure you will figure out the how. Well, great job. You are gifted, my friend. But you know what? You're still falling short of a critical element. Your why is not powerful enough yet. So let us put your why on steroids and amplify it so much that every waking hour you will be obsessed with that why which will propel you towards a bigger and a better solution, no matter what. So here's how we can amplify your why. In our example, we have discussed the solution for a diabetic patient. How many people in the world are type two diabetic? that have to depend on insulin? Well, I did some research and here is an underestimate. Not just an estimate, it's an underestimate. I found that 150 to 200 million people globally are type two diabetic and have to depend on insulin. Wow, that is a large number and that with a huge spread. 150 to 200 million, that's a huge spread. Now, with that number of patients whose life could possibly be impacted with an alternate solution other than a syringe, the impact ratio, or the Y, goes through the roof. Our Y has now taken a different dimension. 150 to 200 million, right? But at the same time, it has also introduced other problems. Scalability, manufacturing, compliance, quality control, distribution, repair and maintenance, customer service, customer support. So as you can see, the magnitude of this amplified Y and how our solution needs to be big and bold enough to meet all of those scalability parameters in order to really make the impact, the intended impact, it's, it's pretty big. But wait, before you go about finding a solution, we still have another notch to kick up our why. So far, we know that we can impact the lives of about 200 million people worldwide. That's great. We also know the magnitude of delivering that solution. The costs and the overheads would be astronomical. So what would be the value stack to a patient if we did find a solution that alleviated all the pain and the inconvenience that we talked about? What price would they be willing to pay for a solution with that kind of a value stack? Would they have to pay it out of their own pocket or can their health insurance pick up most of the tap? Aha, my heart-centered, purpose-driven, impact-motivated friend, you are now talking like a profit-conscious entrepreneur. And that is exactly what you should be doing. I call it commercial viability of the solution that you would come up with in order to solve that presenting problem, which is the final ingredient in the unique impactability recipe, commercial viability. We want to make impact. We want to make a massive impact on as many people as we can through our innovations and our inventions but it must be commercially viable. We must be able to generate a profit and that is the final ingredient of the unique impactability recipe. So imagine yourself, if you will, in a time and space where there were no insulin pumps. So for the first time, a team would have gotten together each powered with their respective unique abilities, and they would have put their heads together to present an idea to their management about the first automatic insulin pump. Now, that first idea, something so radical, would be an invention. Nothing like that ever existed. It is drastically different to the syringe Hence, it is an invention. It could be well-documented, the intellectual property would need to be protected, a prototype would be built, clinical trials would have to be conducted, healthcare professionals would evaluate the results of those clinical trials, the clinical trial patients would be interviewed and all the rah-rahs would ensue, hands would be shaken, For a job well done with that invention. That's a big achievement. That's a big achievement. Don't take me wrong. But if that was all there is to it, then the world would not have ever known how great that invention really was. Why? Because that invention was still pretty much in a lab, in a laboratory, or perhaps to a select group of clinical trial patients. So what? Okay, the impact ratio was not that high. So it was still at an invention stage. We are missing one critical element in that invention. Commercialization. And this brings us to the definition of innovation as I see it. So an invention That can be commercialized and can also be continuously improved in form, functions, benefits, and an increasing value stack is an innovation. The idea itself or the invention has no commercial value. It may have intellectual costs, legal fees, prototyping, testing, improvement, and compliance related costs. But if there is no mass scale production, mass scale distribution, mass scale impact, and mass scale commercial value that generates adequate compensatory profits, then it is not an innovation. It still remains in the boundaries of an invention that could only serve to boost the ego of the inventor or that team of inventors. So innovation is invention, commercialized, and it is also about continuous improvement of the product or service that was invented, and innovation is also about continuous improvement of the products and services that already exist, leading to improvements in the form, the function of the various versions of the models, Improved to benefit stack, which leads to improved value stack, and a wider market penetration and acceptance. So in our example of that syringe being upgraded to the invention of the automatic blood sugar detecting transducer that converts a chemical reaction in a patient's body to an electrical signal to electronically control the pump mechanism is clearly an outstanding idea. You're creating an artificial pancreas, but it is not an innovation yet. So if you were the inventor of such a device, you'd be filing for a provisional patent application, optionally, if you're in the United States, for example. You would proceed with a full-scale research and development and create a prototype. You would run it through rigorous testing and troubleshooting and simulations accuracy of measurements, action-reaction tests and then you would take it through a clinical trial process. Okay, you would be investing a lot of money to get such a life-saving product invented. But only when you proceed to the next step of determining the price a customer is willing to pay for the benefit stack that the insulin pump would provide, then only you can start to claim for innovation. Essentially, the market needs to acknowledge what you have for them does have commercial value before you can call it an innovation of an insulin delivery device. So with the commercial value determined, it would make sense to actually get into mass production ensuring that at the end of the day, you are able to get the product to the end customer at a cost that is appreciably lower than the revenue that you can collect, thereby generating a profit. Now, your amazing invention, commercialized for profit, can officially be called an innovation. But innovation does not stop there. And that's the most wonderful thing of it all. There is not a single product or service that has reached perfection. There is always something that can be done to increase its benefit stack and hence its value stack. And as long as that improved value stack through continuous improvement still attracts customer demand and generates profit, you can continue to innovate until a point where the increasing value stack stops generating enough profit. Profit. And then that value stack to earned revenue curve starts to plateau or trend downwards. And then it will be time to retire the product and invent something new. And that is typical product lifecycle management or service lifecycle management. Now it is not my intention to bore you with the details of an insulin pump. Hey, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) But The case study is very exciting from an invention and innovation perspective, and it will help you understand the differences and is an excellent example of how problems can be defined and solved and commercialized for profit. So in the example of my client who manufactured those insulin pumps, their first version of the pump was an external device worn on a belt or a piece of clothing. And insulin was delivered to the bloodstream subcutaneously to the patient, through a long, thin catheter connected to the insulin pump. These pumps were pre-programmed to deliver specific amounts of insulin at certain intervals, but there was no automatic blood sugar detection and response mechanism. In the first version, of their insulin pump. Now, while that was a significant invention that was commercialized to a very successful innovation, the problem was that the insulin was being delivered subcutaneously somewhere in the patient's body into the bloodstream. So by the time the insulin reached the liver, which was the most important thing, right? The pancreas in a normal person, it directly puts the insulin in the liver. But this first version of the insulin pump, it actually delivered the insulin not on the liver but somewhere into the patient's bloodstream, for example, near the hip. So by the time the insulin reached the liver, it was quite diluted. But the rest of the body had a higher concentration of insulin. That was a problem because the liver is starved of insulin. To resolve this problem, The next generation innovation was an implantable insulin pump that was surgically implanted under the skin and a catheter from the pump delivered the insulin directly into the peritoneal cavity, which is the abdominal cavity where we have our liver and pancreas and spleen. So the catheter delivered the insulin directly into that cavity. So this way, the insulin got routed faster to the liver in the right concentration, and it was no longer starved of insulin. Now, however, this version of the implanted insulin pump still operated on a timed release mechanism of insulin based on a pre-programmed timer. Well, that one size did not fit all, and that problem needed another innovation. So the amazing engineers at my client's company got to work and came up with an implantable insulin pump that would sense the glucose levels of the patient continuously and activate the control mechanism to release insulin in the required amount as and when the patient needed it. Lo and behold, the engineers had innovated a machine that worked like an artificial pancreas. Is that amazing or what? Now, by the time I rolled off that engagement, they were discussing further innovations where the pump would connect over Wi-Fi to a wireless network and transmit data from the pump to the patient's doctor as and when insulin was being released by the pump. Now, this would not only keep the doctor notified regularly about the treatment, it would also indicate when it was time to refill the insulin in the storage chamber of the pump. Okay, so let's wrap this episode up and let's talk about some next steps. So my friend, I trust this discussion helped you understand the difference between innovation and invention. And perhaps it also highlighted areas where you can direct the focus of your unique impactability to first invent and then innovate some amazing products and services through commercialization of that invention and make a massive impact on your target market and generate profits as an equitable value exchange for you in Economy 2.0. If you're working at a job, What can you innovate in what you do on a daily basis that can cut down costs, decrease lead times, increase efficiency, increase accuracy, reduce rework, reduce waste, and perhaps get whatever you produce from your work to the next person in your business process flow faster and with higher quality. You want to get noticed for being the newly innovated you, right? Well, here's your secret weapon next time you get to work. So in the next episode, I will discuss why innovation is important and who can actually innovate. What skills are essential if you want to innovate? In the meantime, get some me time and ponder on what you can invent and innovate. Start making a list of ideas that come to your mind and perhaps keep them somewhere on your phone or computer for future reference. Every idea that comes to your mind could be a million dollar or more idea. So let us not let any idea disappear into the ether. Uh Uh-uh, not anymore. Who knows? One of those ideas that you have could save lives and bring you wealth and fame beyond your wildest imagination. All right, my friend, this brings us to the end of episode four. If you know anyone who could benefit from this information, help me make an impact in their lives by sharing this episode and this podcast with your network. As I always say, sharing is caring, and I'm sure you know that, and more so when what you share can benefit others. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next
0: episode. Goodbye for now. Ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the end of this episode in the Crush It With Creativity podcast. We trust you enjoyed it just like Joy did pouring his heart out to you. Should you feel this episode added value to you, we would love for you to share this episode with your friends and family in your social media networks so that we can impact other lives with our message. Ready to take on a crush it with creativity challenge for yourself and really crush whatever poses an obstacle for you stepping into your field of favor? Visit us at www. Dot uniqueimpactability.com for details on the next challenge coming up and sign up for more information. Until the next episode, take care and keep crushing it with your creativity.